0: Welcome to Expanding Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thomas. Today on the show, guys, we have Faye Fulton. She is a story expert. Uh, she is incredibly cool. We had a lot of fun learning about storytelling. And there's it's stuff that you don't think about. It was it was things that she was pointing out, uh, an example she was giving that I, I it wasn't even on my radar. So uh, she expanded my reality with this show. She's wonderful. Uh, you guys, all the ways to contact her uh, if you are a business owner or a professional looking to grow, Uh, your business or career through storytelling which she points out the importance of which now I see the importance of it was an unknown unknown to me before this episode uh, then you can do so in the show notes I have her website and her Instagram link down there Uh, reach out to Faye she was a delight to have on the show she's a lot of fun and a very very sweet lady so without further ado Miss Faye Fulton very grateful to have Faye Fulton on the show today how are you doing today Faye
2: Doing great, Brandon. Thanks for asking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to speak with you. I I came across your uh, Instagram profile and it just said, great on podcast. So I was like, I'm going to take her up on it. Uh, And (laughs) so we connected through there and it is one of these uh, synchronistic things that I've been following. It just one of those things that popped up. I don't believe that they're for no reason. And uh, we were able to connect and I'm really excited to speak with you today. You have a fascinating career. Uh, If you don't mind for the audience that doesn't know you, just uh, say a little bit about yourself, please.
2: Well, as Brandon shared with you, my name is Faye Fulton, and my career is something I love. I feel so fortunate to have my career. I've always worked in the field of communication. And right now I have niched my field, my career. So the only type of communication that I speak on and that I work with because I'm a keynote speaker and I'm a consultant. I work one-on-one with clients, but my niche now is business storytelling. That's the com- kind of communication that I'm into. So that's really in a nutshell. I love it. But I, I love I love working with business stories. It's so different than other types of storytelling, which are for sheer entertainment.
0: Right. So what what is the difference then uh, between just regular plain old storytelling? Uh, I went down to the, you know, yard the other day and this is what happened between that and what what you do.
2: Uh, quite a bit. But thanks for asking. Well, the thing is in business storytelling, you have to work with storytelling strategically. There's a reason that you're going to be sharing a story when you're in business. And, you know, like I just mentioned, other types of storytelling are for sheer entertainment purposes. And, you know, we humans, we need entertainment, but you're just going to have to handle it differently. And I just love what I do. And I've been working with business storytelling for almost three decades, uh, it's one of my passions. I got started with story very, very early in my life. I was so fortunate. Um, I wouldn't trade my childhood with anyone's, but I was so fortunate. I grew up in Italy. My father was a big muckety muck, uh, corporate executive, and he got a fabulous opportunity. so he moved me, my two sisters, my mother, to Italy before I was six. So really that's where I'm from. you know i don't remember much of life when you're when you're tiny. But that's where I came out into the world in Italy and why it was so fabulous. Well, many, many reasons. But I actually grew up with two families. I had my American family, but then my other family was just one person. She was an Italian contessa and she was a retired opera singer. When I met her, she was approaching 70 at a gallop. So she'd been retired for a while, but she was very famous all throughout Europe. Um, People really knew who she was. But she's the person that got me interested in storytelling. Now, growing up, now, don't get me wrong, please, because I love my parents. But they were just very, very different kind of people than my contessa was. My parents were not uh, emotional They were not lovey. I don't ever remember my parents hugging me. So they just could not give me the kind of thing that I wanted. I wanted to know how the world works, how you deal with people. I had all these questions. And every time I would ask my parents a question, invariably, the answer I would get is because I said so. Now, the Contessa, if it took an hour to answer my question, she would take an hour to answer my question. I mean, she was just so different from my parents. And like I said, don't get me wrong. I think my parents did the best they can with what they had, with the type of people they, they were. But I needed so much more from, to grow up. So I met the Contessa. Um, have you ever been to
0: Europe? I have not. Well, China, but that doesn't count. That's Asia. So no, no that not, wouldn't, that not wouldn't Europe. <laughs> That's the furthest I've been. No, ma'am.
2: But if you've ever been to Europe in any major city, most people live in high rise apartment buildings. And that's what we did. We occupied the top floor of our building. And the contest of the way I met her is she lived on the third floor. And she had, after she retired, she acquired that disease called agoraphobia where you cannot go outside. So that's what happened to her. But she was very often on her balcony, but she never left her apartment. So I moved in to our neighborhood and the Italy back then is very different than the Italy of today. I mean, none of the Italians spoke English. Now everybody in Europe speaks English. And there were very, very few Americans living there. So when I moved into the neighborhood, I was a tomboy. I was always outside meeting people, playing with all the kids. Everybody knew there was an American girl. And so I was like the talk of our neighborhood for a while. And that's how she met me off of her balcony. And she invited me up to her apartment. And then after that, we just developed this incredibly special, incredibly close relationship. She was really a second mother to me. She taught me so many things. And I would spend all my afternoons with her. I'd come home from school, I'd go right to her place, and then I'd, I'd be home by dinner time, you know, uh, which was just taking the elevator up several flights. You know, I was in the building, but I was with her. But she's the person who taught me about storytelling, who exposed me to it. Because she never left her apartment, all of her friends came to her. Well, these were all incredible performers, singers, musicians, dancers. They were from all over the world. So I heard stories in all different languages about all different cultures and it was absolutely fascinating to me. And you can imagine these people were already performers. They were incredible storytellers. So I had that that started me out in storytelling. But then when I was eight, we went to America to visit my grandparents. And I, you know, my grandparents had spent time with me when I was an infant. I didn't remember any of that. So I really met my grandparents when I was eight years old, to my recollection. And my grandfather, he was retired by the time I met him. He was a creative person, like myself. We were the only two creative people in our family. But What he did in retirement is all day long, he walked around with a little pad and it was one of those pads that had the spiral at the top. And he had that pad in his hand all day and he was constantly writing stories. But his stories were really different from the stories that I was used to in Italy because his stories had to rhyme. That's the way he wrote his. So my grandfather and I spent hours together every day figuring out how to rhyme his stories and then every night after dinner we'd still be at the dining table my grandfather would read all of us his story that he had written that day and most of them were hilarious they were all really good stories but he was an incredible storyteller so that's really how i got my interest in stories And then, of course, like I shared, my, my whole career has been in communication, but now I've just niched it down to business storytelling. And so I love what I do because it's been unfortunate. And what I mean unfortunate, over the last five to six years, stories and storytelling have become buzzwords in business. And right now, everyone is talking about story. But there are actually very few people who understand what story is. And very few people who know how to use story effectively in business. I'm constantly amazed at what people call story. You know, they don't have anything near a story, they're simply calling it story. Like they'll have a list of bullet points, their mission statement. I have seen uh, websites where they've got photographs of their employees and there's two sentences under each and they're calling that a story. And that is just, it, people are just so incredibly confused about story because it's completely, the words are completely overused and people just don't really understand what it is. But that's why I have a career. You know, that's how I can help people. Mm-hmm. I I educate them as to what story is. When I give a a keynote speech, you know, I might be in front of 500, 800 people. We're in a large room with a lot of people. But also when I'm working one-on-one, I always am curious. So I throw out to the room or to the person, please share your definition of story. And I understand all of this confusion because we feel close to story, Most people have grown up with story. They were put to bed by their parents reading them a story. So everyone feels like they understand story. But I'll throw the question out. Give me your definition of story. And I always get the same one. And people will say, all right, story. Story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Well, yes, it does. That doesn't give us any information or any hope of understanding what story is. And even a cockroach and Thanksgiving dinner has a beginning, a middle, and an end.
0: <laughs> yeah, a grocery list has a beginning, middle, and end, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you got it. Yeah. So people are just, you know, they think they understand, but they don't. Or they think they understand story until they try to write one. And then they realize how difficult it is. Well, yes, it's, you're going to have to have a lot of skills to be an excellent storyteller. So, I, I love doing that, opening up people's eyes. And, you know, there are a lot of things in life like that. Uh, most people feel like they understand their finances. Well, if they don't have a background in that, they're really not good at finances, you know. So, it's, the story falls into that same kind of category. We think we're familiar, but no, not really. So, it, it's just unfortunate that that word is being bantered around so much and it's also being misused. Because stories, most people are trying to use them in the business world as selling tools. And that is not the way to work with story. That's that's not story. A story, it's a communication tool. You want to use it to build relationships and to connect with people. But that's one of the reasons you want to work with business stories today. You know, no one wants to be sold to. Those days are well past us in the business world. Business today is about creating relationships. Business today, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. And that's the way to work with business stories, to build that connection, that communication, and that trust. But most people are out there trying to use story as a selling tool, And they're not getting the results they think they're going to get with story. You know, it's part of this whole big, messy, wad ball of confusion when it comes to story. But I also love educating the people I work with as to how valuable and how powerful stories are. Most of the people I work with one-on-one in my business, they're, you know, CEOs or they're VPs. They're high-level people. And they have to either give a presentation or they they have to make a speech and their team has told them, okay, you need to use a story. You need a story. So I'll start working with them. And we have uh, quite a bit of I have quite a bit of educating to do because most of these CEOs will come to me and they're saying, you know, I don't want a story. Story is nothing but fluff. I want to share all my numbers, all my statistics, all my facts And so I have to start educating them right away. But I love doing that. So one of the reasons that story is so powerful and that these people, these professionals need story is because story is much more important than their data. First of all, no one's going to remember all of their data, all of their statistics. That just goes in one ear, out the other. But how many times have you heard someone In a business setting, say something like this. All right, here's my story. I started my company in 1997 with just me and my best friend. Now we have over 150 employees. We have offices in Atlanta and Little Rock. Our sales are over 6 million, but we have plans. By the year 2023, we're going to have over 270 employees, and we're going to have offices in Seattle and Tokyo, and our projected sales are going to be 36 million. No one is going to remember any of that.
0: I remember the word Little Rock, and that's about it out of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's true, isn't it? And you're absolutely right. So, what, when, whenever you get approached by somebody to come in and and help with this, I, what, what's your first step? I know education, uh, then let me ask you this education is your first step. The second step then would be to take something like what you just said and turn it into something memorable. Is that accurate? No,
2: I'm not taking any of that.
0: Ah, very good. Okay, even better because it's all garbage.
2: That is what we call a data dump. No one is going to remember any of that. And it's not story at all. Yeah, and they can put that on
0: the website, right?
2: Oh, but please don't call it story. That is not story. (laughs) Yeah, those are your numbers and statistics. Right. But the fact is that your story is much more important than those numbers and statistics because... All of that data, those numbers and statistics can only be understood in context. You have to give your listeners context and that's going to be your story. So that's one of the reasons that story is so powerful
0: yeah and it's like association right um so uh, for example the way i remember the word chair in spanish it's Sia. uh so the way that i remember that is i associated it through basically like a small story okay so what i do is is um how the example i gave is whenever you get up from a chair and you leave it turn around and look at the chair and go see ya. and that's how i remember <laughs> right it's just like a little association and so i'll never forget that and there's a lot of people that say I, I don't remember a lot of the Spanish words, but I remember Sia because of your example. And so you're able to take that and associate it and make it, make it something memorable to where it's now interesting, it's now fun, and then it's something that's not like what you said, like a data dump. You don't want to sit there and say, okay, well, the word Sia comes from this Latin, this, and then they conjugate it this way, and it's like, no, 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 just how do I remember it, right? Or how do I make it more impactful to the people that I'm speaking to? So uh, with, your, with your education and storytelling, how did that all begin? I mean, I know with your, Contessa and your grandfather. By the way, was he ever able to rhyme the word orange in any of those stories? No. Ah, that the is ultimate, such right? a difficult one. Oh, yeah. No. Just a side <laughs> curiosity, I had a meant to ask you. So, um, okay. Well, then whenever you go in to do these, uh, so let me, let me come back to the, what got you into this specific niche of storytelling uh, in business?
2: Well, I started really studying it and the neuroscience that is so fascinating, because actually, the brain, our brain thinks in story structure. That's how we understand things. We take in all sorts of information through our senses. But then the brain has to process, that, process the information. And how it does that is story. So the neuroscience really got me interested in this. And I started piecing together the two. And I was out there telling stories, but for sheer entertainment purposes. And I'm, I'm a published author. I, I only tell stories that I write myself. Now, uh, there are all sorts of story slams, and they become pretty popular. Um, you know, you're a podcaster. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the podcast, The Moth.
0: Uh, I have not, huh?
2: Because it's all about stories and it's a competition. It's a it's a slam. But I'm a moth story slam champion. Cool. So I've been involved in that. Yeah. Do you have a t shirt Uh, that says that?
0: You need to get a t shirt, Moth Slam Champion. (laughs) That is awesome with a cool logo on it.
2: They they do have a T shirt, but I don't have one.
0: They better send you one. You're the champion. I don't know why they wouldn't. So it's called the Moth.
2: Just simply the Moth, yes. The Moth.
0: Okay. I will make sure to check this thing out.
2: Oh, they're they're excellent, excellent stories.
0: So it's slam storytelling, kinda of like slam poetry, I guess. Yes. Maybe. Okay. Exactly. It's similar format, similar okay.
2: When people think of the slam, they usually think of poetry. I think they're much more familiar with those two words together, poetry slam. But there are many, many story slams around the country too.
0: Yeah. So as opposed to slam dun dutta, let the boys be boys. That's the only other association I have with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, OK, so this is fascinating. So you are a champion. So that's awesome.
2: I have won quite a few story slams. I'm, I'm the current Carl Sandberg story slam winner um, because I love story. Yeah. And there are a lot of storytellers that well, not in a slam because those slam those stories have to be true stories. But there are a lot of storytellers. Um, there are storytelling festivals. And a lot of those storytellers will get up and tell someone else's story, like an Aesop fable. But I've never been interested in that. I, you know, I write my own stories and I'm interested in the human journey. And that's what my stories are always about. <clears throat> not about unicorns or uh, Martians. And there are plenty of people that tell those kind of stories. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I'm just not interested in that. I want stories about real people and real happenings and real feelings. So yeah story has been a part of my life for like I I shared quite some time and after storytelling goes out of, uh, you know, being the popular thing in business, I'll still be involved in stories because that's my passion.
0: Yeah, it's like this whole world I knew nothing about. This is very interesting, uh, and you know, it's it's kind of interesting too because what you're touching on is the oral traditions of the of the ancients. I mean, this is how we communicated back then. This is how we anthropomorphize the heavens above us. I mean, we did this through storytelling. That's how we have the zodiac and things like that. And these are the kind of oral traditions that were handed down. And so it's an interesting kind of back to the roots crap that we've got because yeah with technology i can see that it's become not a focal point or very uh, misappropriated is what you were saying and you even look at things that we technology has taken you know because you look at any social media and you can put anything on your story right it's this thing that pops up that people can then check out it's not necessarily a story it's just things you find interesting mm-hmm. and and stuff mm-hmm. like that so there's another one for you that's another misappropriation of that term so at its core Whenever you got into business storytelling, is was it because you're obviously a huge fan of stories and you're great at it? So then you wanted to maybe improve this side of things because people were saying that they're stories, but they're not. They're very uninteresting data dumps, as you said. Uh, and so what got you to approach business storytelling in the first place?
2: Well, it's a communication tool. And most people are not very strong with their communication. So... I've always worked in communication, did a lot of training, and then I just switched my training to focus on storytelling. So that's, that was really a very simple segue for me. And I just kept niching it and niching it. And now, like I said, I don't work on any other kind of communication, simply business storytelling. It's fascinating. But to be a keynote speaker, you really need a niche. And of course, there are many different types of keynoters. I am, excuse me, I've got a tickle in my throat. Sorry about that. It's
0: allergy season. I hear you. I'm doing the same thing (laughs) out here. We've got it all blown around.
2: I am what is known as an educational speaker because I will educate people on business storytelling. So when they leave one of my keynotes, at least they won't be confused about what story is anymore. You know, so I'm, I've always been in that area, training and educating other people. But, but today in the information-laden world, your job truly is to communicate effectively. In today's world with the internet, you can go out and find any information you want, but you're gonna have to get that understood. And that's another thing people are really fuzzy with. They, they, I hear a lot of people say, well, I just want to get my message across. Well, I hope that's not your goal. Yeah. Just to get your message across, what you've got to do is get your message understood. So it's all back to those communication skills. But another reason that business stories are so powerful is because stories are co-created. And it's one of the things that has real power. And what I mean is when I'm telling you a story, you're not just sitting in your chair listening because your brain is very active. While I'm telling you a story, your brain is creating a picture of that story inside of your head. You're gonna have this movie going on because the brain thinks in images, not in words. And because you create your own image, you're gonna be able to remember that story. So it is another terrific reason to work with business stories. Now, for example, what if I shared this with you? What if I said, she put on her emerald green dress, stepped into her black stiletto heels, selected the perfect hat for the occasion, strapped the kids into the back seat of the car and drove off toward downtown. Now, you were creating an image of that woman.
0: Yeah, yeah, So
2: what kind of hat did you see on her head? What, what kind of hat did she have?
0: See, that's the only, and this is what I was thinking. So I'll answer your question. Uh, I was thinking like one of those big flowy ones to kind of go with her gown, you know, and definitely black because it's got to match the shoes. But the, I was thinking about that too, because that's the only one you didn't give a color descriptor for. And so that's why it sticks out in your mind that um, this is the one that you're curious, or you can a- almost imagine for yourself because you told us, what to see on the other two items that she was wearing.
2: Well, it's interesting that you said a gown and that's not what I was talking about. What did you say? Because the woman that I'm talking about, she had on a Christmas hat. She was taking her two daughters downtown to see the Christmas decorations. But that's my point you were creating that story and that image inside of your head. You're gonna be able to remember that. But I want you, Brandon, and all of your listeners to be very clear. What I just shared is not story. That is very far from being story. I mean, it it could develop into a story. It's gonna need a lot of work because what I just shared with you is simply a series of events. Right. That's not story. But you had that image in your head and that's why we remember stories. So, they're powerful in so many ways. And, you know, like like I was sharing with you, when I start to work with people, I educate them as to why you want to use story. You know, those CEOs are going, why would I tell a story? I want to give my numbers, my statistics, my facts, where we're located. Oh, boring, boring. No one's going to remember that. But the thing is, we're going to do business with people. You want to make a connection, they want to feel like they can trust you and stories are the fast track to trust if if you tell the right story so there are five types of business stories that professionals need to be telling in today's world you know there's a whole lot of learning to do when you get into story and then those skill sets if you are able to craft you write a great story but you are lousy at telling that story, it's going to fall on the floor. You know, you're going to bomb. So it's it's not something you're going to be great at right out of the gate. Like any other skill, you're going to have to learn these skills. And you're going to want a signature story that you can pull out of your pocket whenever you need it uh, to make those connections, to stand out from your competitors.
0: What's your signature story?
2: Uh, well, it, it's, it's to too long to tell. I have three of them. Actually, it, it depends on what circumstances I'm in. Okay. So uh, it, it would be too long to tell on your podcast. But yes, I do have signature stories. Um, and most people, when I, when I start to work with them, they'll go, well, I don't, I don't have any stories. I don't have an interesting life. Uh, I mean, you grew up in Italy. You sound like you've traveled a lot. You have an interesting life. You have all these great stories. Well, everybody has stories. But most people say, well, I don't, I don't have anything interesting to share. There's nothing interesting about me. So I usually have to spend a lot of time. I have exercises that I go through to bring those stories to the forefront of the gray matter. We all have stories. Yeah. And they don't have to be fabulous or spectacular. It, <clears throat> you know, and I, I educate people about the five types of stories you want to be telling. And there are certain times you need to tell certain kinds of stories. So, it's it's just so interesting. And I, my career just really fulfills me because I know I have helped people. You know, we'll work on a story, they go out and they give their speech or their presentation and then they come back to me and they tell me how effective it was. And I, I just love being able to do that because there isn't a doubt in my mind that I am able to help people. You know, they, they might have an MBA, they're, they're great with knowing how to run a business, but that's not me you know i can help with my skill set
0: which just increases their skill set as well which is cool that's that's an interesting thing to to do um do you do you have just a small example or a shorter version of an example of a story that you could tell us that's more on brand to what you're talking about the differences between what we understand stories to be and an example of what would what we're lacking in that understanding
2: well i think to help you with that understanding instead of sharing a portion of a story let me share the five types of stories that professionals need to share and then you'll start to understand so the first type of story is what i call an origin story and the origin story is why you started your business or why did you get into the field that you're engaged in why did you start your career why are you passionate about it and of course When you start to share those types of stories, your origin stories, people will begin to understand what kind of person you are. So it's incredibly valuable to start building those relationships and connections. So that's what I call the origin story. The second type of story professionals need to share are beginning stories. And what I mean by a beginning story is these are stories about your childhood when you learn the life lessons that made you the person you are today. So an example of a beginning story, you might share a story about you <clears throat> when you were about 10 years old, you and your brother were out playing baseball on a baseball field and your brother hit the ball and it sailed through the air and broke the neighbor's window. So all the kids on the field left they they just vanished, but you were the kid who went over and picked up the ball and uh, went over to the neighbor's house, knocked on the door, and said, "Can we have our ball back?" And I'm so sorry we broke our window. I will pay to replace your window. You know, it, it's a small little story, but it will convey the type of person you are. You know, are you trustworthy? Are you going to do what you say you're going to do? What kind of person are you? So all those life lessons you learned as a kid, they're so incredibly important.
0: Yeah, and that's like the Sandlot story exactly, except you skipped all the part about the uh, antics about them trying to get the ball back from Hercules, the big dog that's in there. (laughs) And then of course, he was just misunderstood. He just wanted a friend, you know? So very cool. It's a great movie. Killing me, Smalls. Uh, Okay, what's what's the next type?
2: All right, so the third type is an inspiring story. And these are the kind of stories that leaders share, they need to share, because people today, they want to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. But they also want to know that they have value, that they contribute. So an inspiring story is used to get rally your team around and to make them know that they are valued, that they have a purpose. Incredibly important in today's workplace. The fourth type of story is a value story. And a value story is to convince your clients or your customers that they need what you are offering, your product or your service. But you're not trying to sell your product. So you're not gonna be, if your product is perfume, you're not gonna say, okay, well, we only have uh, the best ingredients. We get our lavender from France, our, you know, sage from, Spain, you're not going to be talking about that. A value story is how your product or your service has helped someone or improved their life. So it's, it's not a sales thing at all. And the last kind of story is what I call the customer story. And these are stories that you're not telling. They're stories your customers are telling. But they're not testimonials they're not again oh their soap powder is so great it, w- it got my clothes whiter than any other one no it's not it's not any kind of sales job again it's a story about how your product or your service changed that person's life or improve their life it's value so once you start to understand the types of stories you're really moving away from that salesy thing. It's not about that at all. What kind of person are you? I mean, when you start sharing those numbers and statistics, that's not going to build trust with anyone. It doesn't convey what type of person you are. But what will do that? A story about you,
0: a story interesting and of course it's valuable in business because yeah you're right uh it's not just ones and zeros anymore and there it has shifted that way but of course you want that human connection because as i'm looking for a business uh to do a place to do business with I, I, it's the people you know that's that's who i that's why i come back it's not something i could buy anywhere something i could even get online uh do you do you think that um do, so do businesses even know that this is an issue or do you approach them and tell them hey uh you're Your story is not what it needs to be. I can help you connect better with your customers.
2: If I've gone somewhere and I have seen someone give a speech, I might do that. I might. And usually it'll be something along the lines, I'll hand them my business card and I'll say something like, well, just check me out. Yeah. You know, I will tell them that I'm a business storytelling consultant, that I could really help them.
0: Yeah, um, Let with, me know when you want to stop being horrible at that part of your job. Okay, cool.
2: And, you know, if you want to check me out, check me out. Uh, you know, so, uh, but again, I'm not a salesy person, you know, so I, I'm, I'm never going to be a hard sale. But right now, because I've been around for so long, and people know me, and I give many keynotes, uh, people come to me, and they'll go, look, I really need a story. I want you to help me with the story. So, you know, that's what happens when you've been around a while. Um, and I'm I'm on podcasts, so people might hear me being interviewed on a podcast. And then they'll reach out and find me and say, oh, my gosh, I need your help. So it, that's my area of expertise.
0: And then, of course, your uh, Instagram, and I'll link your um Uh, website as well in the bottom of the show notes here, guys. So y'all just click on that and um, you can find Faye. She's absolutely wonderful. Uh, You're really cool. Um, (laughs) So what is some advice that you would have for somebody that's looking to get into storytelling that doesn't really know where to start?
2: Okay. Well, Brandon, the first thing that I will share is to work on vocabulary. Because we're back to the neuroscience. The human brain is always looking for something new and unique. And that's what makes us pop up and pay attention. You know, how many times have you listened to someone give a speech and they're just, or a presentation, they just drone on and on and you completely tune out. Yeah. So you've got to keep those listeners with you. You know, it's, it's the challenge of a storyteller. From the very beginning, right through the end, you need an outstanding story. So you need vocabulary. You need to give your listeners something new and unique, not the same old words. You need precise language and wonderful phrasing. So I always recommend to people start working on your vocabulary because storytellers, and it's not about using those big, long words that you're trying to impress people with your vocabulary. It's not that at all. But storytellers need a vivid vocabulary. You've got to help those listeners form that picture in their mind. So you need a vivid vocabulary. And then the writing skills, you know, like I just mentioned, you're going to have to keep them interested. You know, here's here's an example. You could say in your story, I'm a female. Or you could say, I'm a woman. Or you could say, I am a middle-aged woman with raging hormones, constantly seeking chocolate. So, You you want to work on that to begin with. And most people are not very strong in these areas, which is another reason I recommend start working on this. You know, how are you going to convey that message? Um, In this story, the storyteller could simply say, I lost my self-confidence. Or the storyteller could say, my confidence showed up dusty and moth-eaten. It's the same message, but which one is going to get your listeners' attention and which one is much more interesting? The brain's going to pick up on that second one and go, oh, I've never heard it communicated in that way. So it's, it's one of those things that I will share with people. Start working on that immediately. Interesting. It's fascinating, isn't it? I I think so. The the whole language and communication, course, I speak three languages and I grew up uh, hearing all sorts of languages. So I've always been fascinated with language. But again, you've got to fight to keep those listeners with you. And some words are so completely overused that they don't have any meaning anymore. And here's a great example of that type of word right now. Awesome.
0: Damn it. I say that all the time. All right. You're right. Yeah. It
2: is used so often; it lacks meaning.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Uh, and that happens to words. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in and out of style, but just don't want to be doing that as a storyteller.
0: Yes, Th- this is interesting. I mean, because it's taking something that you kind of take for granted, I guess, as a human being that can communicate with a language, with a with a verbal language, and and it you don't really think about it. And it's interesting that you're even pointing this out. I think this is fascinating. You've expanded my reality when it comes to this already. Uh, it's it's just an interesting thing that I'm going to have to pay more attention to. I'm very deliberate with my speech as far as not to convey, uh, as far as manifesting my reality. I've, I've been very on that uh, part of it, to not say trying or going to, you know, you're doing, you're in the state of being. Um, you know, there's this funny little thing that says you're not a triceratops, you're a do right? And so uh, it's, it's an interesting way to kind of pay attention to your speech and I do like it. I like pepping up, you know, and so would you recommend that people just write down a sentence that they think is good uh, and then go through and maybe pep it up a little bit in stages to kind of focus on this mentally a little bit more? Of course, just listening to good storytelling is going to be a great mentorship to do that because then you're listening to people. But now that you've pointed this out to us, it's more on our radar now. It's more of something that we're going to pay attention to. Like, what makes a great story versus what what doesn't, one that's lacking, rather?
2: Well, I would definitely recommend that. And it is true. The hardest part of writing is rewriting. You're editing. You, you come up with your first draft, and then you've got several more drafts you're going to go through to really tighten it up and get it precise. But that's a good point, Brandon, because you're going to need that in business storytelling. In the business world, you don't want your story to go on and on. You want to keep your story around five, seven minutes. So it needs to be a tight story. And there are plenty of times that you can have a story go on and on and really embellish it, but not in the business world. So that is something you've got to work toward, too. That precise language.
0: Yeah. and it's. it's, Oh, my apologies.
2: Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. To... To convey your actual meaning.
0: Uh, it's it's kind of like that saying that there's it's it's well done whenever there's not when there's nothing more to add, but when there's nothing more to take away. Um I'm sure you're familiar with that.
2: That is such a great thing to keep in mind. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, Jerry Seinfeld, he has a famous quote, and I, I don't know it precisely, but it's something along these lines. Uh Jerry often shares when he's being interviewed. He says, you know, it might take me three minutes to write a sentence, but it'll take me 45 to edit it. It's so much harder to do. Yeah. So much harder to do.
0: And then he but gets down to a skill
2: you need to be very strong in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And then he gets down to it. So it took him like 45 minutes to write that. What's the deal with airplane food? I think it's interesting.
2: There you go. Yeah. To whittle it down to that.
0: Yeah. So that's it. Take Take that away from this. Right. It's not it's not done whenever it's, there's nothing more to add. It's when there's nothing more to take away. That's interesting. OK. Outstanding. Cool. Outstanding. Indeed. I was going to say awesome, but I caught myself. So thank you very <laughs> much for that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Good. Well, breaking old <laughs> habits is really hard.
0: It's challenging. In the
2: habit of using the same words. over and over, it is so hard to do. But again, if you're not giving your listeners those words everybody else uses. You will stand out.
0: Boom, pal. They will remember. How about that? Awesome. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> I did that on purpose. All right. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up here in just a couple of minutes. We're about the agreed upon time here. But uh, did you have any parting words or any last uh, little bit of advice for anybody?
2: Well, I would, I would say to start working on your vocabulary and your writing skills. You know, and after we get that down, you know, after we find a story, you know, when I'm working with people together, we find a story. And of course it has to be a true story. I, I won't work with anyone who's gonna make up a story. No, this is the business world. It's about you and your reputation. So it has to be a true story. So we, we spend time finding a the story, then starting to work on those skills. And then we're gonna have to start working on presentation, how you actually deliver the story. So there are quite a few steps that I that I go through with the people that I work with, because I always assume if they come to me for a story, they are wanting an outstanding story. And that's what you'll need to be competitive in today's world. You need an exceptional story. So we take time to work on all of those things
0: interesting there's a lot more to it than i thought i mean it's something that we take for granted but it there is uh so i'm going to check out the moth i think that that's cool i will look into that podcast because it sounds interesting i mean just the whole storytelling aspect of it like i said it it kind of harpens back to the oral traditions of our ancients it's it's that it speaks to me on that level which i think is great and i think it's very valuable especially in today's texting world where so much is lost in context and you don't really get these communication skills built up because they're not valued um but i i like that that There are people that do value this because it's valuable. So um, I'm going to be linking all the ways to find you in the show notes. This has been awesome. You've actually really opened my eyes to this stuff. And it was something that, honestly, I took for granted. I didn't even think about storytelling. I'm really grateful that we connected. Thank you so much.
2: Well, thank you, Brandon. And again, you did my heart good. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's all good. Uh, just thank you. That. Thank you for being so wonderful. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, you are welcome on at any time. If you want to come back, that'd be great. I will definitely, uh, guys, be linking in the show notes there, like I've said three times now, uh, how to find her. Go check her out, guys. She's got a great motivational um, Instagram as well, which I'm linking in the bottom of the show notes here. And if you are a business uh, owner and you feel like you have good storytelling under your belt, you probably don't. So reach out to Faye uh, and she can help you out.
2: Thanks so much, Brandon. Thank I you. I enjoyed being on your show. Yeah, it was fun. This was neat.
0: I was going to say awesome, but I didn't. Thank <laughs> you. I'm going to work on it. Thanks again, Faith Fulton, for your time.
2: Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Incredible episode with Faye Fulton. She is a lot of fun. Uh, how interesting was that, right? I mean, you learned a lot of things about storytelling that you didn't even know. Uh, the ways to find her, guys, of course, are going to be linked down in the show notes. You all know how this works. Uh, as for this show, you can find us on our website, uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the link to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, the YouTube video of this will be up on YouTube, Expanding Reality on YouTube, uh, which you can click uh, straight from, from the website there. Again, expandingrealitypodcast.com As well as that's where our Patreon is. If you guys want to Go down to Patreon, you find the show valuable You want to contribute as little or as much As you'd like. Uh, there's no real cap on as much You guys just uh, go ahead and shower it on Then there. Uh, it really helps the show And I'm always grateful for that, so thank y'all so much I, of course... As always, we want to take away from this to be better storytellers. You guys write some stuff down, improve on your storytelling a little bit because it's valuable. It's something that is kind of a lost art. And Faye pointed that out. and I'm grateful that she did that. Now, um, as well as that, I would like for you guys to think about other people in context of gratitude. Let's be grateful this week. Uh, think of uh, five things that you're grateful for in the morning. Think of them anytime you get into a frustrating situation, switch that frequency a little bit and be gratitude minded. While you're being grateful, go ahead and pick up a piece of litter. Be grateful that you had the ability to buy somebody a meal, a perfect stranger, a meal. Uh, be grateful that you could just smile at somebody that you don't know and make their day a little bit better, right? Be an idea hero in that way. And um, Just in general, guys, just y'all get out of the left-hand lane and just be good to one another. Thank y'all so much for listening. We'll see you next time.